Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I'll be teaching a little bit about fasting. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 15. Joel, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. You know, in Bible days, specific events are initiated with a trumpet. So in the whole nation of Israel, every trumpet has a specific sound. Every trumpet has a specific sound. So the, so the Israelites understand the specific information that each trumpet sound communicates. The prophet Joel was prophesying, and he said, blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. The tradition in Israel in those days is that occasionally the whole nation is called into a fast. Sometimes a particular tribe can be called into a fast. So this scripture is referring to a whole nation being called into a fast. You say consecrate a fast. What does it mean to consecrate? The word consecrate means set apart. So when he said consecrate a fast, he's trying to say set apart a fast. You see, fasting is a very special spiritual exercise. It's not ordinary. If you treat it ordinary, you don't get any benefit out of it. Consecrate a fast. Treat it special. Treat it as something very important. It's like you have an interview to attend. It's not ordinary. That day, you are not ordinary. If you are traveling abroad, that day, you can't leave anyhow. You can't get up and say, I want to visit. <laughs> I want to go and visit a friend and come. You know specific regulations. The time for check-in, you know, the airplane doesn't wait for anybody. If you are late, it's gone. Everything about you is different. You know, so consecrate a fast means that you are setting a specific time apart so that you can embark on this important spiritual exercise for personal benefits. Verse 16, it said, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and nursing babies. <laughs> Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. When it's time for fasting, the Bible says no excuses, no exemptions. It says gather the people, sanctify the congregation. In other words, prepare the congregation to be ready to embark on this journey. Sanctify them means teach them to set themselves apart from anything ungodly, anything unholy, so that they can focus on this important spiritual exercise. He said, assemble the elders. That means age is not an exemption from fasting. Age is not an exemption from fasting. You know, if you don't want to fast, you always have excuses not to fast. Assemble the elders. Gather the children so children too can fast. They may not be able to do it like adults, but if children don't learn how to fast, when they grow, they won't. You teach your children from now. Teach them from now. 
to fast. Maybe they can fast up to 10 o'clock, skip their breakfast, and teach them why they are doing it, not just forcing them to do it. Because if they don't understand why they are doing it, it's useless. They have to understand why they do it and why you are doing it. Gather the children and nursing babies. I don't know whether we can apply that today. <laughs> Let the bridegroom go out of his chamber. That means if it's time to fast, you know, I've stopped doing weddings in July. Because if time to fast, there's nothing like, oh, I just had my wedding and I'm on honeymoon, so I cannot fast. Because the devil is not on break whilst you are on honeymoon. So when it's time to fast, bridegroom, get out of your chamber. In other words, stop the honeymoon and fast. And the bride from her dressing room. That means that's not the time to spend all your time on your appearance. When it's time to fast, put your appearance aside and focus on destiny. And focus on destiny. Verse 17. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? So in a time of fasting, the Bible said the priests must intercede, pray for the people, pray for God's intervention, pray for change to take place in the lives of people. Burdens should be moved away, solution to come to problems. Because you can't keep serving God all your life and people look at you, nothing is changing in your life. Your life is horrible, terrible, it's getting worse every day. And people begin to ask, where is your God? Because if you truly serve God, life must not go backwards. It must go forward. May your life continue to move forward. May, I said, may your life continue to move forward. Amen. Every year, may your life get better than before. If you serve God, there's nothing like the good old days. It's not a portion of a child of God. It's not, it will not be your portion. In Jesus' name. But one of the important keys that make this happen is what we are discussing today, fasting and prayer, intercession. So fasting is not just about you are not eating, but prayer must be going on. Prayer must go on. So when people fast and pray, what happens? Next verse. He said, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. That means give them attention. Give them attention. Why does God give people attention when they fast? Because the people themselves are giving God attention. Because in fasting, you are separating yourself, making time to focus on spiritual things, to focus on God. You are not treating that time like ordinary times. You are not treating that time like other times. You are treating it as a special moment when you want to focus on, on God. So, and James 4, 8 said, draw close to God and God will what? draw close to you. So fasting enables you to get God's attention, to experience God's presence more because you yourself have made the effort to get closer to God. Then the Lord will be zealous for his people and pity his people. Uh -huh. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you what? Grain and new wine and oil and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. I will send you grace. So when we fast and pray, there's a result. There's a reward. God responds. God moves. When we fast and pray, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. 
Grain talks about abundance. Abundance. The wine talks about celebration. In Jewish times, they use wine when they are having parties. And the wine is the, the juice that they get from the grape fruit. And the oil is talking about the spirit and the power of God. I'll send you grain and wine and oil. And you will be satisfied. To be satisfied means to have more than necessary. More than enough. More than enough. May God bring you to the realm of more than enough. After this fast, may God bring you to the realm of more than enough. In the name of Jesus. Abundance. Somebody say, I receive abundance. Somebody say, I receive abundance. In the name of Jesus. Fasting destroys shortage in your life and brings you into the realm of abundance. Somebody, I see you coming into the realm of abundance. You will be satisfied with everything. Satisfied with food. Satisfied with money. Satisfied with good health. Satisfied with peace. Satisfied with long life. Have you ever met somebody who says, I'm, I'm tired of life, I want to die? I've met one. One of my grandmothers, she is um, 108 years. She says, I want to die. And she's still alive. She can walk about. She can recognize me when I have arrived. Eyes are clear. You will not die before your time. Satisfied, you shall be satisfied. That means you have more than him. He said, I will no longer make you a reproach among nations. What is a reproach? Shame. A reproach is shame. There are things that bring shame to you, isn't it? And sometimes you can't help it. It's not like you invited it, but they come after you. But prayer and fasting can give you power over every shame and disgrace that the devil will program against your life and destiny. Prayer and fasting will exempt you from that. I will no longer make you a reproach. Everybody is laughing at you because of nothing you've done wrong, just because of a problem you have. People laugh at you. People give you names. Sometimes you can be so sick, they give you a name for your sickness. The next CEO, she's coming again. Problems can make you to become a reproach, but as we fast and pray, I see every reproach in your life taken away. In the name of Jesus. Begging is a reproach. May God take you out of begging. In the name of Jesus. Dodging your landlord because you don't have money to pay rent is a reproach. May the Lord deliver you from that. In the name of Jesus. God will take you out from harassment from your landlord and give you your own house. You will no longer be a reproach. Somebody say, every reproach in my life is living today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will answer and say, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil and you will be satisfied. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Verse 20. But I will remove far from you the northern army. We all have enemies. We all have enemies. But God is able to push your enemies away from you by giving them other things to bother about. He said, I will remove far from you the northern army. 
and I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land. You can never fight a prayerful person and win. Prayerful people are dangerous people. One day, King David was told that one powerful man has joined camp with his enemy. The name of this man is Ahitophel. And Ahitophel is a powerful person because when he talks, you are finished. And he used to work for David. So David knew how powerful Ahitophel was. Uh, Ahitophel has changed, shifted camp and joined his enemy. But David had something Ahitophel didn't know about. David knew how to pray. So this 40 days of fasting is an opportunity for you to get victory over every work of the enemy. An enemy is anyone who has made up his mind to fight you and to destroy your life. You can never stop the presence of enemies in your life. For the rest of your life to the day you die, you will have enemy. And the more you decide to make progress in life, the more your enemies increase. Why is it so? Because the devil will incite people against you. There are people who hate you for nothing you have done. They just don't like you. There are people who will be angry the day they hear something good is happening in your life. There's nothing you can do about it. There are people the day they hear you are marrying, they are mad. So we all have enemies. You don't need to know who they are. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. You need to know how to be safe despite your enemies. And one of the ways is that you must know how to fast and pray. He said, if you fast and pray, I will remove far from you the northern army and drive away into barren and desolate land. Drive them away. God can drive your enemies away. So David, in his those terrible moments of confusion and despair and discouragement, people were saying, that's the end of David. That's when David wrote a psalm, Psalm 3. He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? How are my enemies increasing? Sometimes you can't, you can't explain. He said, many are those who rise up against me. And verse 2 says, many are those who say about me, there is no help for him in God. In other words, oh, if Absalom too has joined David's camp, David is finished. Even God cannot help him. Has anybody told you that before? <laughs> yeah, I've heard it before several times. You know, sometimes your problem can get to the place where people tell you, bro, even God cannot help you. I came to tell you today, that's the lie of the devil. There is nothing too hard for God. There is no situation beyond God's solution. I don't care how bad your situation is, if you can put it before God in prayer and faith, something will change about that situation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. He said, many are those who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Verse 3, he said, but there's something they don't know that I know. Prayerful people are very dangerous people. Very, very dangerous people. I advise you, if you know somebody who knows how to pray a lot, don't fight them. David prayed. He said, oh God, turn the counsel of Ahitophel to foolishness. And the Bible says that same night, Ahitophel went to hang himself, like commit suicide. Yes. David didn't say, oh God, kill my enemies. He just said, oh God, turn the counsel of Ahitophel to foolishness. It was Ahitophel, he went to kill himself. 
how can a smart guy like that do such a foolish thing? Because that day, David was fasting. If you read the account in 2 Samuel 17, the Bible says that David put on sackcloth. He removed his shoes and put it over his head. No, they drove him out of the palace. It's not a joke. His own son did a coup d'etat, successful one. And David said to his warriors, let's leave the palace and let's go to the bush and let's re-strategize. All his loyal warriors followed him. Because, you know, David, before he became a king, he already had an army, which were not the main Israel army. He had his own army before he became a king. So he told them, let's go. We grew up in the bush, came to rule. Let's go back and see what God did. He was fasting and praying. God said, I will remove the northern army into a barren and desolate land. I will move them away. Anything in your life that is an enemy, God will remove them for you. Every sickness is an enemy. Amen? Do you know sickness is an enemy? Sickness is the number one agent of death. Yesterday I was in two funerals. All of them, cancer. First one, cancer. 45 years. Architect. Pastor's wife. Died of cancer. The other one, 61. Engineer. Cancer. Sickness is an enemy. God will take every sickness out of your body. In the name of Jesus. Poverty is an enemy. Do you know poverty is an enemy? Without poverty, all your dreams just be on paper. You can have fantastic dreams on paper. Poverty can make a brilliant young person useless as a farmer in the village. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea. His tent will come up and his far order will rise because he has done monstrous things. God said he will drive your enemies away and cause their stench to come up. That means they themselves will start having problems, isn't it? Is stench a good thing? No. So people can fight you and start smelling bad. That means rejection. Stench is rejection. Because if your smell is bad, you can't attract people. So stench is rejection. And rejection is not your portion. But when you fast and you pray, every enemy that wants to fight you is in trouble because God will fight them. Because he has done monstrous things. That means he has fought you. He has fought you. So when people fight you, don't fight them back. Leave them to God. Yeah, the Bible says don't hate your enemies. Don't hate anybody. God is enough to take care of them. In fact, your strength can't do anything to your enemies. The time you will use planning how to revenge your enemy, use it to plan your progress. Don't wake up every day thinking about how people have hurt you, have hurt them, but no. Use that time to constructively plan how you can make progress in life, how you can do something serious with your life. Amen? Leave them for God. And believe God's word that vengeance belongs to God. It's not to you. He said, don't avenge yourself. Don't avenge yourself. Repay not evil for evil. Don't retaliate people. I hope you remember that in the Bible. Leave them to God. Verse 21. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. May that be your story. Okay, so when we talk about fasting, we are talking about abstaining from food for a period, for a specific purpose 
of getting closer to God so that you can pray and receive more from God, abstaining from food. There are different kinds of fasting. The normal fast, which is don't eat up to the evening, we call it normal fast. Normal fast means you are not eating through the day or part of the day up to the evening. You are not eating at all. And that is what we are doing. Luke chapter 4 verse 2. Luke chapter 4 verse 2. Okay, let's read from verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. You all know the story. When Jesus went to the River Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist, the Bible said the heaven opened, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. John saw the Holy Spirit like a dove coming upon him, and he was filled with the Spirit. The Bible said the first thing that happened when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus is that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, not into the palace. The Holy Spirit didn't lead Jesus into a party. He led him first into the wilderness. Did Jesus attend parties? Yes, he did. He did. But which one comes first? Party or fasting? Okay, if you don't do the fasting, you can't enjoy your party. There has to be pain first before there's gain. There has to be pain, then there's gain. There has to be hunger so that today you are hungry, then later you'll be celebrating. But when the time you should be fasting, you want to eat, then you are messing up the whole process. He was filled with the Spirit, and the first thing the Holy Spirit led him to do was to go into the wilderness. Where is the wilderness? The wilderness is the desert. You know, Israel is a land that is surrounded by deserts. The Palestinian land is full of deserts. Almost the whole place is just desert. But there are places they've been able to develop into farmlands that they do very huge agricultural work. But there are also parts of the desert that is so deserted, nobody goes there. Because those places, there's no chance of you meeting any human being. And if something is happening to you there, there's no hope of you surviving. And sometimes those parts, are, there are also wild animals. Once a while, people meet anything, any predator. No water there, no vegetation, it's dry. But the Bible said the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. It was a place of isolation. It was a place of discomfort. There was no roof. Jesus, the Son of God, went to spend time in a place where there was no roof. And uh, if you've been to Israel before, I have been there. I can tell you in the afternoon, it's very hot, very scorching. And in the nights, during winter, in the nights, it's very extremely cold. In the winter, it's very cold in the night. And the other thing about the desert is that the wind is not friendly. It's not fresh air. The wind is very irritating. When it blows through your nostrils, it's not, it's not pleasant. Jesus stayed there for 40 days. Life is not always eating, drinking, enjoying, enjoyment, 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 enjoyment. You know, that's the language of poor people. That's the language of failures. Yeah, there's a time to enjoy but life is not every day should be party. There are times when you have to make room and focus on spiritual things. And sometimes the Holy Spirit can take you out of public activity. You can hide, spend time alone. Jesus was there alone. No disturbance. No disturbance. So these 40 days, avoid too much public activity as much as possible. Avoid too much public as much as possible. You must go to work. But whilst at work, still 
give yourself a little privacy. Don't get yourself involved in every discussion going on at work, politics, football, uh, whatever they are talking about. Don't get yourself involved in unnecessary and discussion. Yeah, the little time you get, take your Bible and read or pray. He was led by the Spirit. And look at verse 2. And being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Every day of the fast, Satan tempted Jesus. Because Satan hates to see you fast. So some of you right now, the devil is looking for how to manipulate you. So very soon, you will start finding excuses. Oh, I'm sick. Mm. The way I'm feeling, looks like malaria is coming. Malaria. I'm saying, I'm saying, me malaria, no, asamba. <laughs> because you are looking for an excuse to stop the fast. Sometimes people annoy you. People disturb you. Huh? you you'll be so annoyed, you just say, oh, fasting away and put it aside. Fasting aside. Fasting aside. People annoy you. People, and those people that are doing those things, is the devil that is using them. Sometimes people come to you and say, are you sure you need to fast by all means before God will hear you? Ah, I don't know. One, one fasting poor. You know, they will use some, they will look for some excuses to manipulate you. Are you getting me? Oh, even if you don't pray, oh God, we want to bless you. We will still bless you. Yes. Jesus, the son of God, whom we follow. We are called disciples of Jesus. A disciple means a follower of a religious leader and a learner. Somebody who learns the footsteps of a particular religious leader. We are disciples of Christ. Jesus fasted and thought about fasting. Yeah, so... I want to encourage everybody, don't let anything stop you from this fast. Why did the devil tempt Jesus? Because the devil knew the outcome of the fast would not be good for him. When you fast and pray, the rewards you get, the results you get are so great. Satan hates it when you fast. He knows that through this fast, some doors are going to open for you, some breakthroughs are going to come. Some great things will happen in your life. So, he will do everything to stop you. But decide and be determined. Even if you've never done 40 days of power before, this year, I want you to do it. Because I believe it's your season of change. Something great is coming for you. Something good is about to happen in your future. So you need to take advantage of it and do it. Somebody say, I'll do it. Yeah, he Satan tempted him every day, but he did not fall to the temptation. I pray that God will give you grace that you will not fall to any temptation. And afterward, when the fasting had ended, oh my God, this fasting is not forever. It is only for 40 days. I said it is for 40 days. Yeah. There is more food after the fast. Yeah. So stop looking at your, your hunger. Look at 31st July. We will soon finish. I said it will soon finish. And you can eat all you can. But for now, somebody say for now, yeah. I'm in business with God. Amen? I'm in business with my destiny. In the name of Jesus, after the fasting, what happened to Jesus? He was hungry. Did Jesus eat after the fast? Yes, he ate. Now, that means there's nothing wrong if you feel hungry during the fasting. If you feel hungry, it's normal. You are human. But do you see, the Bible didn't say Jesus was thirsty. That means he wasn't eating, but he was drinking water. Okay? So during fasting, one of the important things you do is that you take a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. When you feel hungry, drink a lot of water. When you feel hungry, just go and fetch water and drink it. And then declare, I'm satisfied in Jesus' name. And then you continue the fast. So the first kind of fasting is what? The normal fast. And that one is what we are doing. You break it at 6 p.m. 
The second kind of fasting is partial fast. Partial fast is abstaining from particular kinds of food. This one is for people with health challenges, like people who are diabetic. If you are diabetic, please don't do a complete fast. Because when you are diabetic and you don't eat for some time, the sugar level can drop. And if it drops below a certain number, please, you will be with the Lord in heaven. <laughs> you accelerate your, your departure from this earth. You know, in 2017, the whole of the year, I did not do normal fast because I had a health challenge and the doctor said I cannot fast. And you know, anytime I'm doing miracle services, I, do, I fast a lot. So I said, well, how am I going to do this? So I had to take fruits. I'm fasting, but I, I take the normal time of eating, I take fruits. And then when I say fruit, I don't mean plenty of fruits. Like, it's okay, we are not eating. So you go and buy five bundles of banana with two bottles of granites. <laughs> then you put it down for breakfast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Take like three fingers of banana. Not more than three. In fact, normally, I'd like to take two. Two fingers of banana. And then at lunchtime, you can take like, let's go at Daniel chapter 10, verse 3. He said, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel was fasting for three days. Sorry, three weeks. That means 21 days. And for the 21 days, he said, I did not eat what? Pleasant food. So Daniel was fasting, but it was not a complete fast. If you have a health challenge, or the nature of your work at a particular day is so strenuous that you feel weak and dizzy, go and get juice. And that juice too, it shouldn't be one carton. <laughs> go and get juice, a bottle of juice. A bottle of juice. So partial fast, you are taking either juice, coconut water. I recommend coconut water a lot. That's a lot of health benefits. And fruits. So if you stay for the next 40 days without eating your normal food, but because of your health or the nature of your work, you took, let's say, two fingers of banana in the morning, some juice in the afternoon, and then in the evening you broke with um, some light food. Everybody's definition of light food. <laughs> some people, their light food is banku and uh, <laughs> tilapia. <laughs> That's the light food. <laughs> that one is not my concern. <laughs> Do you know, that is also a fast. Once you know that, if not for my health challenge or for the nature of my work, I would have done it. But for this circumstance I'm in, you know, like I told you, 2017, I was fasting only on banana and apple. Sometimes I do it for three days. And I was still getting the results I get at Miracle Service. In fact, nobody knew I was not doing my normal, you know, Yes. But when I became well, I, I wouldn't have to continue to do it like that with the excuse. Yes. Now I don't have to do it. So it depends on how. And then another thing that I recommend is green tea. You can look for green tea and uh, it's very good. There are many different kinds now. There's Moringa tea. I recommend that to you during the fast because you see, you can use fasting at the same time to attend to your health. It helps you. It gives you health benefits. Yeah. And when I talk about the green tea, you don't put milk and sugar in it. It should be raw. It should be raw. It will be brown in color. The way it becomes white is not my prescription. 
Don't go and take the big tin of milk. You pour, it's just small green tea. Then you pour the milk into it and make it very thick and say you are fasting. <laughs> so the second kind of fast is a partial fast. And sometimes that's all you can do, depending on your health. Or the, so partial fast. I remember in 2018 when I went to Israel, you know, Israel is mountains and, and there are places you have to walk. It was very tiring. And hot sun, you're walking up and down, climbing, going here and there. And I went in July. We were fasting. So every morning I do my lifting with hot water. No milk, no sugar, no nothing. And then I drink and I pray to God for strength and I go. And sometimes in the afternoon when I feel hungry, I go for an apple. They have, they have a lot of apple and grapes, fruits, a little of it I take. I was still fasting. It's a partial fast. I was not eating my normal food. And sometimes you can even do this for days without food. In the evening, don't break with any light food. Just take another, some banana and granules a little, and then you continue. You can continue this for days. You see that you are becoming different. You feel different spiritually. The third kind of fast is um, complete fast. A complete fast is no water, no food. Esther chapter 4 verse 16. Esther 4 16. Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shishan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Amen. So Esther asked all the Jews to fast for her. And she said that for three days they are fasting, but there should be no food and no water for three days. Why three days? Because the body cannot survive very well without water for three days. So the Jews had a tradition. If you want to fast without water, it shouldn't be more than three days. A complete fast means no food, no water. And I will not encourage you to do that, please. Don't do that. If you want to do a complete fast, then you need to go on a retreat or lock up yourself in the house. You can't even do it well in the house because you'll be smelling food and all manner of things. Complete fast is easy if you go out on a retreat far away from home. So some prayer comes somewhere, you hide, lock up yourself for three days. You don't come out. You are there. Like Esther, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. You know. But the Jews, once in a while, they, they used to do complete fasting. But that one, it's not something I'll recommend for you. The Jews used to do something worse than what we are doing. So even if you cannot do the one with water, then uh, you there, I don't know what is your problem. The, the fourth kind of fast is intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting means that you have developed a routine every week. Maybe the day you are born, you fast every week. I've said in this church, it's not good to eat seven days a week. You have a special strategic uh, prayer routine for yourself where you do it. So it's a cycle you repeat every week. It's called intermittent fasting. And the last kind of fast is congregational fast. Now, why do we fast? Why do we fast? Five reasons why we fast. Number one, so that you can get closer to God. Fasting enables you to focus on your time, your attention on God. Because at that particular moment or at that particular day, you have consecrated the time to God. Because every now and then, all of you agree with me, we get so busy. Many things are competing for our attention. Family, children, work, 
other activities, sometimes funeral. Sometimes you wake up and you just don't have time to even pray for 10 minutes. You're so busy. But when you declare fast, you know. That's why in ICGC, July is called Spiritual Emphasis Month. Spiritual emphasis means that you are focusing your attention on God. Yeah, so to get closer to God. Number two reason why we fast is so that you can make ample time to pray. Make ample time to pray. Because you are not eating, you are weak, so you will not be able to get yourself too busy so you, to give you time to pray. So I want to say that this 40 days of fasting is not just for us to abstain from food, but so that you can be able to fast and pray. In fact, in the Bible, everywhere you see fasting, you will see prayer in addition. God joined the two together, fasting and prayer. So when there is fasting but no prayer, it's not good. If there is fasting, there has to be prayer. If there is fasting, there has to be what? Prayer. So that you can make ample time to pray. Number three, fasting makes you sensitive to the voice of God. It makes you sensitive to the voice of God. Because you have devoted more attention on on the spirit, it's easy for you to receive signals from the spirit. So it makes you more sensitive to God. Sensitive to the voice of God. It, that is why in times of fasting, God speaks to people a lot. So sensitivity to the voice of God. Number four um, reason why we fast is, to, is that fasting makes your prayer life stronger. Your prayer life becomes more dynamic when you fast. Every Christian, your strength is connected to your prayer life. It is very important that you must have a prayer life. Because that is where your stronghold is. That's where your strength is. That's where your strength is. So fasting enables you to have a very dynamic prayer life. Everybody is running after prayerful people. Do you know? Yeah, in, like in the church now, when people have problems, they look for somebody who can pray. Why don't you develop your own prayer life to become that dynamic? I want to say something today. Nobody is born with a gift of prayer. If you see somebody who is prayerful, the person develops his prayer life to that level. And there are some churches you go, members pray more than the pastor. Because it's an issue of development. It's not a calling or a gift. A title can give you prayer, a prayer life. It is a personal development. Yeah, so in fasting, you develop your prayer life. That means these 40 days, push yourself to pray more than you normally do. Those of you do five minutes prayer, some of you, you can't pray more than five minutes. You don't even know what to pray about. And I can't understand. I mean, the way your life is, are you sure there's nothing to pray about? There's a lot to pray about. Hello? Do you agree with me? Yeah, there's a lot to pray about. By the time you pray for yourself, you pray for your, your nuclear family, that means your wife and children, you pray for your business or your career or your work, you pray about your financial needs, you pray for your extended family members, your parents if they are alive, pray for your siblings, pray for your church, that is, for, that is if you care about your church, <laughs> pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for this nation. You should have done like 30 minutes. So if you are a good Christian, you should pray more than five minutes. At least 30 minutes a day is good. You want to be very, very, very effective. One hour a day is fine. And pastors, three hours a day is fine. If you can't pray up to three hours, you have no business being a pastor. Go and find something else to do. Anybody who can pray more than three hours cannot be a pastor. Cannot be a good pastor. You can be something else. Three hours a day. Good pastors should be able to pray six hours a day. Friday, I started praying from 9 a.m. I finished praying 6 p.m. Pastoral work is not laziness. It's not laziness. There's a lot of work. Pastoral work is spiritual work. 
if you must prosper, somebody must be praying for you. If you must, if, if you must do well, somebody must be praying for you. That's why God called people, not for them to be eating every day. So, if you see me come here, miracle service, and I pray for simple prayers, and people get miracles, eh? it didn't just happen. It didn't just happen. The reason why, if I give this microphone to this nice brother to say exactly what I say, you've seen it in the Bible before, haven't you? When that, those young men said, we command you in the name of Jesus, which Paul was preaching to come out, fasting enables you to have a dynamic prayer life. When you lift up your voice in prayer, Satan must become nervous. No demon has a business in your home if you are prayerful. If you are prayerful, they will pack out. They will pack out. No. A demon can live in your home successfully. Unless you have, that is why if demons want to intrude into your space, the first thing they target is your prayer life. If demons want to take over a church, the first place they target is the prayer center. Because that's their power base. Yeah. That's why pastors might be very particular about intercess intercessory department. I have different kinds of intercessory networks in the church. One is myself. Fridays, I don't pray with anybody. I don't want anybody to come and disturb my prayers. But some people, by the time we do three hours, they are holding their waist. Fridays, I pray alone. Develop a dynamic prayer life. And don't let anybody tell you that it's not about how long you pray. Go and study Jesus' prayer life. And come and tell me how long you pray is not important. I mean, why wouldn't you pray long if you really want to address a lot of issues? Hallelujah. Yes, there's a lot to pray about. There's a lot to pray about. That should be able to keep you sometimes in the room alone the whole day praying. The whole day. Fasting enables you to have a dynamic prayer life. Don't have a lazy, cold prayer life. Jesus was very prayerful. Look at Mark 1.35. Every day, Jesus stopped praying from dawn. It was his custom. It was his lifestyle. He had a prayer life. He said, now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He didn't call the disciples. He didn't call them. There are times Jesus prayed alone. He never called the disciples. Luke 6:12. Give me Luke 6:12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to where? Jesus went out to where? He went out to the mountain to do what? To eat, he went to pray. And then, how, what happened? He continued for how long? Uh-huh. This is for people who say it's not the length of prayer, is not a matter. Jesus was praying the whole night. The whole night he was praying. So his work, his work was, you know, coupled with prayer. He prayed the whole night to God. This year's 40 days of prayer, I want to see your prayer life growing. Yeah. There are things you should be able to handle by yourself without running to any pastor or any prophet. There are things you should be able to handle by yourself. It's like this one, I can take care of it. Say amen to that. But it is an issue of dynamism, how you are doing it well consistently. One of the things Satan hates is prayer. Because he knows that's where you receive all your blessings from. Number... Five reasons why we pray is to release God's power upon your life. Fasting makes you powerful. 
and I'll explain. Fasting releases God's power upon you. Now, why is this so? Because when you are fasting, the body is not being fed. Now, every human being is made up of spirit, soul, and what? Body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Every human being is made up of what? Soul and body. He said, now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your heart, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. So every man being is a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body. Now, when you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes to be in your spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, the Holy Spirit fills you. That means he takes over your spirit completely, but not over your body. How much access the Holy Spirit has to your body depends on your permission, the state of your body. If you give too much attention to the flesh, the Holy Spirit doesn't have access to your body. Your body every day is full of lust and food and every pleasure. So the spirit doesn't have access or control over your body. But when you are fasting, what happens is that the body is deprived of its normal pleasures. So the body is more yielded to the spirit. So it causes the anointing to rest upon you. Because the anointing doesn't live in your spirit. The anointing lives in your body. Can I say that again? Yeah, the anointing lives where? In your body. That is why when people are anointed, they can lay their hands and the power of God will touch you. Let me use this sister for illustration. I don't know the level of anointing on me for now, but if the anointing is very strong, I may not even touch it. I can just stretch my hands and then the power of God will touch it. Can you feel something? Hallelujah. Now, it is not because I'm a pastor. That is why the anointing is on me. Are you following? The anointing is on me because I yield my body to the spirit to have full access and control. You understand? The anointing doesn't live in your spirit. So everyone here, the Holy Spirit is, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. But the degree to which you yield your body is what allows, it is like um, a cable. You know, every cable, when you touch it, it won't shock you. Why? There's an insulator. But if the insulator also becomes a conductor, when you touch it, it will shock you. So right now, <laughs> right now, right now, you heard me leading prayer, everything I had not ate. So the body has become more, more hot, yielded to the spirit. So what would they say anointing? Anointing means the spirit has moved from the inner chamber of your spirit and is now resting on your body. So if the anointing is on me and I touch this pastor, the anointing will come on him. If the anointing is on me and I touch him, the anointing will come upon him. Can I feel the anointing? Touch. <coughs> Let me tell you, son of receive breakthrough. Lord, give this pastor some blessings. Leave him, leave him on the ground. Give them some favor. Give them a breakthrough. 
Favor is coming on your life. Take. Receive favor on your life. Say, I receive favor. Second time. A third time. Receive it. Now, so what is happening? What is happening? The anointing is on my, on my life. Are you following? The anointing is on my life. Step by two hands. Receive the anointing. They are not acting on. It's a real thing that is happening to them. <laughs> this is just demonstration. Now, fasting makes your body yielded to the spirit so the power of God can what? Increase upon your life. That's why people fast a lot. They experience more of God's power. That's all. It's not a mystery. Do you understand this, the whole thing now? Yeah. If I eat the whole week, I'm still a man of God. I'm still anointed. But how the anointing will flow will be sometimes minimal. Sometimes. Not all the time. Are you understanding? Fasting is a spiritual exercise God has put together so that all the time your spiritual life is very active and vibrant. Because you see, when you are praying under the anointing, eh, you achieve more results than when you are praying dry. Okay? Last purpose of fasting, number six, is to break demonic strongholds. When we fast, we are able to destroy. Isaiah 58 from verse 6. Isaiah 58 from verse 6. Is this not the fast I have chosen? Look at it. To what? Loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Amen? Give me Mark chapter 9 verse 29. You remember the disciples came to Jesus and said, uh-uh, we struggle with this demon and the demon refused to go. You, when you came in, I said, out! And the demon left. So it is not the, the word out that caused the demon to go. <laughs> you to go and start and say, out! <laughs> It'll slap you. It'll slap you because it is the power behind the word. Are you understanding me? Yeah. yeah. So you can record my prayer, repeat the same statements I made, you will not get the same result. Power behind the word. No, let's read from verse 28. Verse 28. And when he had come into the house, his disciple asked him, why could we not cast it out? Why? We tried to cast out the demon. The demon didn't go. Why? Jesus said to them, verse 29, he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but what? Mm-hmm. There are some issues when you, when you are in it, you need to fast, I tell you. There are some battles. When you come into it, you must fast. There are some battles. There are some demonic attacks. When it come against your marriage, you need to fast. You need to fast. Sometimes three days as the spirit leads you. Sometimes seven days. Sometimes three days dry. Like Esther said, only on water. Sometimes Daniel did 21 days. Jesus did 40 days. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That means you cannot go and outsource fasting. Don't go and pay people to pray and fast for you. Most of the people you pay to fast for, they don't fast. They will be at the chop bar and call and say, oh, your mountain so. Buy a boy, grow. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll do my fasting myself and keep my money. Hallelujah. They, they don't fast. <laughs> they don't fast. <laughs> that means that when you are fasting, for you to get results, many times people have asked me, Pastor, you know, I fast and fast and fast. I'm not seeing a result. How do I get results? Number one is that you must have a specific 
request on your mind when you are fasting. You don't just fast for the sake. Like this month, we are doing 40 days of fasting. What is your request before God? You must have specific things. And you must write them down. 2023 spiritual emphasis, 40 days of fasting. This is what I ask God. Maybe you want a job, a new job, or you want promotion, or maybe you want, um, what else? I just saw somebody's passport stamped with a visa. When I, when I was saying, maybe, maybe, then I just saw the thing. Now, you must have specific what? Requests. So that is number one. Because if you don't have a specific need, then you are, you are leaving God to guess for you. And God doesn't work with guesses. You must have what? Specific requests. Number two, you must find quality time to pray a lot about the requests. Number three, you must look for scriptures, promises of God in scripture concerning that issue you are praying about. And use it as your, your anchor for faith. Yeah, so this fasting and prayer, maybe you are believing God for a child. Look for scriptures that promise you a child. Stand on it in the fast. Hold on to it. Those, you are praying with those scriptures throughout the 40 days of fasting. Are you following? So number one is what? You must have a specific request. Number two, you must make adequate time to pray. Number three is that you must look for scriptures that, that are promises of God concerning your request. Number four is that you must let go of every ungodliness in your heart. Ungodliness in your heart. Ungodliness in your heart means hatred, unforgiveness. That's why I took time to teach this year. I taught on forgiveness in April. I taught on love in May. I knew why I'm doing it because this year I don't want you to fast and not get results. If somebody has offended you, let it go. Your blessing is more important than your revenge. What do you achieve when you revenge your enemy? Nothing. If somebody slaps you, slap him, but what do you gain back? Does he stop the pain of your slap? No. No. No, let him go. It's between him and God. But take out of your heart every unforgiveness, every bitterness, every hatred, every anger, sentiments, every ungodliness in your heart. Take it away. Hello? The Bible said that the, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination unto God. Don't be a Christian. You are fasting and praying. You have, your mind is full of wicked plans. No, 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 no. Let your heart be full of love. And you get quick results. Number five, put away all sin. Hello? You can't be fasting and be sinning. You can't be fasting and be sinning. So every sin, put it away. Then your fasting will work for you. The last one is spend time with God every day. Spend quality time with God every day. Can you say that with me? Spend quality time with God every day. Now, when you fast, every year I do a pastor's retreat for my pastors. The rule is that there's a particular time. I say, nobody talks. I go into my room. I lock. It's because when you are fasting, you talk to God a lot. God too wants to talk to you. And God will not talk to you when you are busy about. So when, when I say spend quality time with God, that is the time your TV should be off. Hello? TV off, radio off. You are alone in your room. Your phone is off. You are alone. You are quiet. Another time, what are you doing? You are meditating. I'm praying to God for a child. His word says that there shall none cast their young. None will have a miscarriage or any be barren. You are meditating on the word. You are meditating on the prayer. In that time of meditation, God can give you direction. 
Because some of you here, the miracle you want is in a direction that God will give you. Remember Peter? Jesus said to him, go and throw your nets here. And he did. In these 40 days of fasting, some of you, God is going to be talking to you. God is going to tell you, call this person. God is going to tell you, do this or do that. God is going to tell you, this person you have been working with, stop working with him. God is going to tell you, don't tell your secret to that man again. Because that is where your problem is coming from. So, there are things that are mysterious. If God doesn't come through to help you, you will not know. That's why you need to make time so that he can talk to you. Is everybody with me? The first one is divine visitation. Somebody say divine visitation. Somebody say, I declare over my life that in these 40 days of fasting, I will receive divine visitation. The Lord will visit me and make my life a testimony. In the name of Jesus. Number two, the mercy of God. Somebody said, in these 40 days of fasting, I declare the mercy of God will abound towards me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The favor of God will increase upon my life. In the name of Jesus. Number three, strength. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. I declare over my life an increase of strength in these 40 days of fasting. Strength in my spiritual life. Strength in my physical life. Health in the place of sickness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Strength against the enemy. Strength to prevail over the enemy. Strength to have upper hand in every battle. In the name of Jesus. Number four, guidance. Say in the name of Jesus. In these 40 days of fasting, I receive divine guidance to my place of blessing. Wherever my blessing is, my steps are ordered to step into my blessing by the guidance of Almighty God. I receive divine guidance in the name of Jesus. Number five, multiplication. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. In these 40 days of fasting, I move from addition to multiplication. In the name of Jesus. My favor is multiplying. My blessing is multiplying. My finances is multiplying. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Multiplication in my business. In the work of my hands. In my career. In the name of Jesus. Multiplication. In the name of Jesus. Number six, gathering. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. I declare over my life. In these 40 days of fasting. The prophetic word for this year will be fulfilled in my life. In the name of Jesus. No more scattering. Any power that scatter my blessing, I declare that they cannot prevail against me. In the name of Jesus. Anything that the enemy has scattered, I command it to gather at my feet. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every blessing the enemy has scattered, I command it to gather in my presence. In the name of Jesus. Number seven, nothing lost, nothing wasted. Hallelujah. <laughs> nothing lost, nothing wasted. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. In these 40 days of fasting, I recover lost time. 
I recover lost opportunity. I recover lost blessings. I recover every good thing that I lost in times past. I recover lost years in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every lost blessing, I recover it now. I recover it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No more losses. No more waste. Full, full recovery. No more losses. No more waste. Full recovery. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Seven, seven important blessings from the man of God, from our general overseer. We're going to take it one by one for the next 10 minutes, and then you'll sit down, and I'll take the prayer request. Is that okay? The number one, divine visitation. Give me Genesis 21. Say in the name of Jesus. I pray today over my life. And I declare in these 40 days of fasting, I receive divine visitation. Look at it. it says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Today, I want to take Sarah's name. I'll put your name there. We are praying. Say, God is visiting Henry Hubert. Sarah is in heaven. He doesn't need the visitation. In fact, it's you that need visitation. Amen? Yeah. The Lord visited Sarah and did what? And the Lord did for Sarah what he has spoken. So, visitation means God comes to you to perform what he has already promised you. Yeah. So, anytime God wants to bless you, the first thing he does, he gives you a promise. Somebody say, I have a promise. Yeah. Then, later, he gives you a promise. You have to hold on to that promise for some time. And some of you, that's what is happening to you. For a long time now, you have been holding on to some promises. Is somebody here like that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You're holding on to some promises. God will give you a promise, then he waits. Yeah. And sometimes people laugh at and say, oh, I thought you said God said this. Because God will give you a promise and wait. Sometimes you even doubt. Did I hear God? Is it, was it God? But the reason is that that is how God operates. He gives you a promise, and then when the time to fulfill that promise is up, then he will visit you. Amen. And somebody here, this year, God is about to visit you. Amen. So God gave Sarah a promise. Then the Bible said in verse 21, when Sarah was 89, Sarah gave birth at 90. Abraham was 100. So at this time, Sarah was 89 years old, about to hit 90. Then God visited and she became, look at verse 2, Sarah became pregnant. Somebody's going to be pregnant this year's 40 days of fasting. Somebody in this church who is married, believing God for a child, miraculously, miraculously. I said miracle. If you are not married, don't say amen to that one. Or if you are finished having children, hmm, it has happened to somebody. I won't mention any name. Now, and for Sarah conceived and bore, Sarah did what? How did she conceive? Divine visitation. Somebody said divine visitation. Divine. For Sarah conceived and gave birth. Somebody is going to conceive this July. Lift up your hands say, in the name of Jesus, I declare my life. In these 40 days of fasting, the Lord is visiting me. In the name of Jesus, oh my Father, remember your promises that you made to me. Visit me this month, in these 40 days of fasting, in the name of Jesus. Divine visitation. The second is mercy. The word mercy in the Bible 
uh, as used in the Bible, has a different meaning to the English word mercy. The word mercy means special kindness. Give me Psalm 103, verse um, 3. Psalm 103, verse 3. Mercy means special kindness. The Hebrew word is hesed. It means special kindness, special favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Verse 4. He said, who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with what? And that, that's, the, that's the word. Who crowns you with what? And you see, they, they added tender to it. You see, it's, it's a special kind of... In fact, it is that, from that same root where we have the word favor. Like, they treat you like a VIP, okay? Special treatment, exemption from the normal process. Please pray these prayers like this there. Last prayer we are praying in July. Don't postpone your miracle. It's, this is miracle service. Amen? Amen. Lift your right hand to heaven and say in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray over my life. Over my life. And I declare, and I declare in these 40 days of fasting, days of fasting I, receive I receive the loving kindness of God, kindness of God and the tender mercies of God. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. I prophesy, I prophesy the, manifestation the manifestation of favor in my finances in my business, in my career, in every area of my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Special kindness and tender message. Favor on your life. Special kindness, tender message. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Number three, strength. Somebody say strength. Psalm 27. I love David. You can't study prayer well without learning the life of David. You know what David said? He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful man? <laughs> then he went on and said, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David said, If you can't beat God, you can't beat me. Because my strength is equal to God's strength. That will be your story from today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up right hand and say, In the name of Jesus. I declare over my life. In these 40 days of fasting, I receive divine strength, supernatural strength, to have upper hand in every battle, to experience victory in every battle, in the name of Jesus. Strength, strength from above, I receive it now, in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray for yourself. Strength from above, strength from above, strength from above. Power to prevail. Breakthrough in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. No enemy will prevail against you. No enemy will prevail against you. You have upper hand in battle. You will prevail in every battle. You will win every fight. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. I declare my life. From today, I have divine strength. I will win every fight. I will prevail in every battle. In the name of Jesus. No enemy will overcome me. In the name of Jesus. No enemy can defeat me. In the name of Jesus. In every battle. I prevail. In the name of Jesus. In every battle. I prevail. I overcome. In the name of Jesus. 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 In every fight, I am winning. In the name of Jesus. I declare your life that from today, even in your dreams, nobody will beat you. 
Anyone who used to beat you in dreams, today I declare, when they appear next time, they are destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Because the power of God is upon you. You will catch them. You will beat them. You will destroy them. You will whip them. Any enemy that used to chase you in your dreams, I declare, from today, I see you chasing them. In the name of Jesus. Tonight when you go home, I, I pray that you dream and chase every enemy. Out of your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I receive divine strength. You know, strength is very important. Those of you who have been running, every day you dream you are running. They are chasing you. It, it, it comes to an end. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Any demonic powers contend against your life, God has given you strength to defeat them in battle. In Jesus' name, receive strength to defeat every enemy. In the name of Jesus. I moved to a house about uh, six years ago. About the third night, in the afternoon, I was resting, and then I, I just dreamt. In a dream, something carried me to the ceiling. I, I was sleeping, but I entered the ceiling, and I saw some spirits there, and I asked them, all of you, now I'm in this house, all of you, leave. And they, and they all started screaming, and they ran out. Then I woke up. Then I woke up, and I said, oh, so things are here, me, I didn't know. <laughs> but your spirit will know. Yeah, my spirit knew that something strange is is here. One day I slept in a hotel. In my dream, I saw that a very dark, huge figure was at the window. And then in, in the dream, I said, it was trying to enter the room. I said, stop it and go now. I said, stop it. I was sleeping. I said, stop it and get out now. When you are strong, you, you conquer whether you are sleeping or you are awake. And receive that strength right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From today, no more bad dreams. They catch you, they tide you. Where is your God? No more. Somebody say no more. Somebody say no more. Number four, guidance. Guidance. Say in the name of Jesus. In these 40 days of fasting, the Lord will guide me into my place of blessing. In the name of Jesus. 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 Psalm 66 verse 12. This scripture must be fulfilled in your life this year. 66 verse 12. He said, you have caused men to ride over our heads. That's just part of the testimony. Amen. Yeah. We went through what? Fire and through water. But that's not the destination. If you are here and your situation is like fire and water, I want you to know it is coming to an end. Amen. But the next verse says, but you have what? Brought, how does God bring people to a place? By guiding them. He said, you have brought us into what? A rich fulfillment. This version doesn't say that. Give the King James Version. He said, you have brought us to where? A wealthy place. You see, there's a place in life, eh? When you reach there, poverty, retire on your life. Amen. And I see you coming there. In the name of Jesus. Money won't be your problem again. In the name of Jesus. You see, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That is what guidance is. Listen, 
every one of you here, there is abundance of blessing for you. Every one of you. That is why you don't have no business envying anybody. But there is a place where your blessing is. Only God can guide you there. So this prayer, please pray it seriously for me. Now, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that when you are following God's guidance, eh, that is when God leads you to where you meet the right people at the right time, at the right place. That is when, for the rest of your life, you will always be at the right place at the right time. You see, some people, eh, they're always at the wrong place. You see, some people have been arrested for doing nothing. They were just at a place where the police were going to arrest some criminal. They say, hey, you two, join them. You look like one, join them. Oh, yes, yes. I know a policeman who was arrested. It took, it took a day before they found out he was not a criminal. Because he was not wearing uniform, and he was somewhere, and they bundled him in addition to the rest. From today, I declare that you will not be at the wrong place. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes there's this disaster targeted at a place. You know, you know when, I, when I heard of Christian, I chose them. I said, oh, what if he had gone out? Hmm? What if he had just gone out? Something should go out to town. Where? I don't know. I'm, I just feel like taking a stroll out. Do you know that earthquake didn't kill people everywhere? It killed people at a particular... Listen, you will escape every disaster. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I remember one day I was traveling to the north. Those days I didn't have a car. I used passenger car. I went to buy tickets. You know tickets, when you are taking passenger car to long journey, you pay, they give you tickets. I said, I'm going to toilet and come. When I came, they said the bus is full. And one thing about me, I don't like arguing about anything. If it's not mine, let it go. I said, okay. So they gave me tickets for the next bus. I had to wait for another two hours. But it was worth it. Do you know why I said it was worth it? Because we were going and we got to a place. I saw some people standing and then I saw the bus down in the valley. The four ties were up. Then I told the people, I was in that bus. But angels made the bus to get full quickly because I need to be here today preaching to you. So I declare over your life. Listen, anywhere you go and see disaster and trouble, Anywhere you go and see death, may God deliver you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Anywhere you go and see blessing and favor, may God take you there. Amen. Anywhere you go and see opportunity and see riches, say, my father, my father. today I declare over my life. In these 40 days of fasting, I receive divine guidance. From today, my steps are ordered. In the ways of God, I am walking into abundance, to my place of blessing, into the worthy place. In the name of Jesus, my steps are ordered. In the name of Jesus. Judges 6, verse 34. We are praying for gathering. Say, no more scattering. There are demonic powers that scatter every, every good thing around people. Today, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I destroy every spirit that scatter blessings in your life. Yeah. Bible says, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. The spirit of God came upon him, and then people gathered to him. Look, it was not the trumpet that made the people gather. It was the spirit. Bible said the spirit came upon him before he blew the trumpet. Yeah. So it was not the trumpet. 
The spirit of God came upon him. There was a special grace that came upon him that made, you see, so you can attract riches to you when the anointing is on your life. When you open your shop, customers can be attracted or they will scatter. And any power that is scattering blessings in your life, today I stop it. I destroy their work. In the name of Jesus. Say, I declare over my life. Right now, the grace of God, the special anointing to gather riches, to gather blessings. In the name of Jesus. Any power that seeks to scatter my blessing, let that power be destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Any power that seeks that seek to scatter my blessing, let that power be destroyed. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we declare the special anointing to gather, to gather people, to gather wealth, to gather resources. Exodus chapter 1. I think I skipped one of them, multiplication. Somebody say, I declare. I declare. From addition to multiplication. Exodus 1 from verse 7. Exodus 1, 7. That should have been number 5. He said, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and worked exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. Somebody say multiplication. multiplication. You see, addition is slow. Addition is slow. I pray that your blessings will multiply. Amen. Your strength will multiply. Amen. Your wisdom will multiply. Amen. Your intelligence will multiply. Amen. The grace of God on your life will multiply. Amen. That the favor on your life will multiply. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that your money will also multiply. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare over my life. Amen. Say, I declare over my life. Fruitfulness, Fruitfulness. Increase. increase, multiplication in every area of my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In these 40 days of fasting, I declare over my life. From today, I move from addition, from subtraction to multiplication. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I move from subtraction, from addition. To multiplication in every area of my life. In every area of my life. Multiplication in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Last one. Last one. Nothing wasted. Nothing. Nothing lost. Oh, I love this. First Samuel 33. Somebody say, nothing lost. Nothing wasted. I see you coming there. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. I declare over my life. Full recovery, full recovery. In every area of my life. From today. From, today. from in these 40 days of fasting. I prophesy. I prophesy. Full, recovery. full recovery. I declare. I declare. Nothing is lost. Nothing, Nothing is wasted. In every area of my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every lost time is restored. Every lost opportunity is restored. Every lost opportunity. Every lost favors are restored. Every lost blessings are restored. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. I receive it now. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. 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 If you believe God has done it, put your hands together. I declare over your life, no more losses. This is your season for full recovery. In the name of Jesus, I declare over your life full recovery. In this season, God will visit you. Every promises of God hanging on your life will be performed. You will see the fulfillment of the promise of God in your life. God will give you unbeatable strength. In the name of Jesus, I declare over your life that you are walking into your wealthy place. Because the Lord will guide you. The Lord will lead you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare your strength is multiplying. I declare your favor is multiplying. I declare your blessing is multiplying. I declare your opportunities are multiplying. I declare open doors are multiplying to you. In the name of Jesus. Receive multiplication. I command your life to move from addition to multiplication. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. I declare over your life. From now, you will gather and nothing will scatter it. From now, when you gather, nothing will scatter it. When you gather, you will enjoy it. When you toil, you will enjoy it. In the name of Jesus. Every demonic activity that seeks to scatter what you gather. Today, I stop that activity. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I declare full recovery over your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What the enemy stole in your life. God is restoring it. Every stolen money, God is restoring it. Every lost favors, God is restoring it. Every lost opportunity, God is restoring it. In the name of Jesus. And the last one, favor. Somebody say favor. He said he crowns your life with, with loving kindness and tenderness. Do you know what's a crown? That is the sign of royalty. A crown is what kings wear. Hallelujah. And when that crown is on the head of the king, it means that king has exemption from certain, uh, certain things. Hello? Yeah. If there's traffic, they will make way for him because the crown compels everybody to move out. He can't be in the traffic. Even if there's traffic, he moves with speed. So I see your life moving with speed. In the name of Jesus. Lift up two hands. I pray favor on your life. Nagaha Sakaba. Favor. Say favor. Say favor. Say favor. Say I receive favor. Say I receive favor. Right now, I receive it. I receive it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I command the favor of God. I see favor. I see some international doors opening for somebody. 
Ah, my God. I see favor for international doors. I see many people here. Doors are opening for you beyond Ghana. I see many people here. Favors are coming to you from outside the country. Receive your miracle. In the name of Jesus. Any blessing that belongs to you outside Ghana, I command it to come to you now. I command the wealth of the nations to come to you now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I see international influence. Oh my God. Somebody here. Your business is about to go beyond Ghana. Your business is about to go beyond Ghana. Your business is about to go beyond the boundaries of Ghana. I command the limitations of the boundaries of Ghana to be removed in your life. In the name of Jesus, receive the favor of God on your life. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.